Welcome to the How to Raise Money podcast for anyone who wants to raise other people's money for a business or property venture. Right now, there has never been more money on the planet and there has never been more opportunity. This podcast will help you put the two together. So, if you need money for your business or property proposals from banks, lenders, angels, whales or dragons, this is the podcast for you. And welcome to yet another edition of the How to Raise Money podcast with me, Ray McLennan. And it's with me, Nigel T. Best. Raymondo, you're out and about. Uh, how the devil are you? I am out and about recording this from the car with a su- surprisingly strong signal. Uh, yeah, it's uh, chucking it down with rain. So I hope, I hope you are not hearing the, the, the raindrops bouncing off the roof of the car. Um, actually, it's surprisingly good at hiding background noise. I mean, you know, I'm I'm often got dogs barking, postmen arriving, and all sorts of things, but none of it ever seems to get picked up. <laughs> the no. modern technology, Nigel, gosh, isn't it wonderful? Yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes. Anyway, um, Ray, we're we're kind of recording this, and it's the back end of 2023. Yep. Uh, the thing that always makes me smile is people always wait until the first of January to start something, and then they wait until the second of January to jack it in. Um, but they delay doing things because for some reason we have this mental, I don't know, uh, thing about the 1st of January. Oh, it can only work on the 1st of January. So I'm going to wait, but why bother waiting folks? If you, if you want to get going, get going now. And today's topic, um, we thought we'd revisit an oldie, but boringy, but it's, you know, very essential type one which is really the role of the business plans in you're fundraising you're not selling it nigel <laughs> well i know I'm because even i'm switching off here <laughs> all right okay let's let's start again hey folks this hey. is this Woo-hoo. is it this time i know it's the real thing oh god um, <laughs> but yeah hey look the role of business plans it, it isn't the most exciting thing but when people are looking at starting something on the 1st of January, why not revisit something that you hadn't done? It didn't work in 2023 or 22 or 21 or whatever. This time you're going to do it. And this time maybe you have a, a little bit more of a, or a, you know, an ordered approach to it. So we thought we'd just hit you with five quick things uh, about business plans. So, right. Do you want to kick off this uh, mouthwatering topic? Well, yeah, I mean, business plans, everybody thinks that they know what they are and everybody thinks that they know, you know, what to do and how to put it together. But uh, I, I mean, I've seen thousands of business plans, thousands and thousands with um, investment groups, Entrepreneurial Spark, Angels Den, all that kind of carry on, helped people put them together, helped deconstruct them. Um, and, uh, you know, essentially, I, I, there's an argument that they're not required. I mean, I remember famously being at uh, a, a, an RBS um, building, like a big, out at Gogerburn, which is RBS headquarters, and it was a big stadium, like a cinema, like a stadium, a big cinema-type area with a couple of hundred people there and uh, on stage, and everyone was talking about business plans and all this. And I think um, I recall Bill Morrow was there. Bill Morrow founded Angels Den. And Bill Morrow said, basically said they're a waste of time, <laughs> a complete waste of time. And then this argument ensued with someone from Scottish Enterprise or whatever. It was like, no, 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 they're a vital component. We have to have them. 
Um, I think they are. I mean, in terms of sort of, you know, cosmetics, they, they have to be there. You have to have a document. You've got to take what's in your brain and you've got to put it down into some form of plan. I actually prefer to call them action plans rather than business plans, you know, because you're going to be doing something. You're going to outline what it is that you plan to do, and then you're going to outline the steps to do it. And you're also then going to outline the what ifs, you know, if you don't reach those steps, et cetera. And usually the purpose of the business plan is to convince somebody to do something. Okay. You either want to convince someone to join your business as a non-exec director or whatever, or more importantly, you want to convince somebody to give you some money or not give you money. Again, this is another thing when people say, you know, uh, oh, I'm giving away my shares. You're not, you're exchanging you're going to be exchanging shares in the business or you're going to be exchanging something for the money. Nobody's going to give it to you for nothing. You know, there's going to be this, like I say, exchange um, and, you, and you have to have that in there. So there are, um, yeah, there are components of the business plan and you've got to, uh, so you, you would want to start off with uh, like everything, like in a book, it would be a preface or whatever it is. So the executive summary, you're going to basically, um, try and outline in a few sentences exactly what it is that you plan to do. You know, my business, this is what the, the business I'm in. This is what we're trying to achieve. This is the gap in the market that I think we've spotted. Um, and the purpose of doing this business is to plug that gap. So you found um, a better way of doing things or a cheaper way of doing things or a more efficient way of doing things, or certainly something that, that, that makes you, or it has to make it compelling. Because if it's not compelling, and if you can't catch anybody with that exec summary in the first few minutes, then you're just going to lose them through the rest of it. Because the rest of it is just, you know, it's not going to be, you know, any any good, or at least they're not going to feel like having going through it unless they are captured. Now, what captures somebody? Okay, well, you can, of course, uh, I've seen people get business plans done, and I've seen them get uh, writers you know, formal, formal writers, creative writers to do the exec summary. So give them the plan, then get a creative writer to do the exec summary so that it comes across as a, almost like a story. And the best business plans are the ones that, you know, they grab you. It could be that the industry is kind of irrelevant, really. It's, you know, an investor's looking, how am I going to get a return from this? And if you can compel him with your exec summary and it's well written on his fit, he's going to feel warm and fuzzy and going to think to himself, well, actually, this these people seem to know what they're talking about. They've, you know, they've 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 touched me. Um, I feel compelled to do something as a result of reading this. And if he feels that way, then he will extrapolate that out and think, right, okay, they're going to be switched on. Their marketing is going to be good. Everything's going to be good. Yes, I, I like this. I, I, and all you want them to do is go to the next stage, ideally. And that next stage is to get involved in a discussion over whether they're going to lend you money. And then they start drilling down into all the other uh, aspects, you know, about um, market analysis, company description, organization, management, structure, product, you know, all that sort of carry on. So the exec summary, which is the first part, is the most important part. And if you can get that right and you can, again, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, my God, that I'm never going to be that good. I'm never going to be just get it done. Get it on paper. You can adjust it. You can change it. You can show it to someone else and ask them for their thoughts on it and see if they get it. Um, I quite often, when I get things um, like that, I will let my 16-year-old daughter have a look at them. 
And if she gets it in the first minute, you know, if she can look at something and gets it, then that's great. Because as she admits to me, she's like, I don't have a big, you know, I don't know anything about business. Why am I looking at that? I'm saying, well, that's because I want to see if you understand what it is. And it's usually about, you know, one or two in 10 that she understands it and gets it. The rest of the time she's like, well, I don't even know what this is. What is it? What are they trying to do? And if she can't get it, an investor's not going to get it. And if you think about it from the desk of an investor's point of view, they're constantly being uh, introduced to ideas, concepts, et cetera. So they're very, very quick at, at dismissing something if it doesn't hit all the right buttons, Nigel. Yeah, I don't know about anyone else, but who else is thinking of Mike Tyson's quote, everybody has a plan till they get punched in the face. And <laughs> I always think whenever you're putting a plan together, folks, and we've got a few more things to do, uh, talk about here, get ready for the first question that's going to hit you, you know, and prepare yourself for what are they going to ask me about this plan? Because I've seen people do plans and they go through the exercise and then the first question completely floors them and, you know, the whole thing falls apart. So you need to test these things when you've done it and they, uh, they give it to a, give it to a child and see if they get it is a great test. But uh, the second one, tailor your plan depending on who you're talking to. So the different investor types, if you are going to a big corporate bank, I think that might be a different approach to if you were going to a network of entrepreneurs or an angel's den type, you know, dragon's den, shark tank type pitch. So just be able to sort of think of it from their point of view. Where are they? A bank has a very different approach and it's very much a tick box. Does it cover this, um, you know, coverage, rent coverage? Is it this? Is it this return? You know, what assets can we secure it on? Are you going to give personal guarantees? That could be very different to people that you are wanting to get money from to be potentially involved in the project as well. Your bank manager is not going to come down with a shovel and start mixing cement. So, well, at least you hope not, because I bet they'd be useless at that as well. Um, <laughs> so, oh, no, no. So I'll edit that bit out. Obviously, all bank managers are wonderful, wonderful people. Um, just think Captain Mannering. Uh, <laughs> and, I don't know what bank you've met. <laughs> talking of shovels, I'll stop digging this hole. Yeah. Um, no, we had a brilliant one and he retired. And, and you know, that's really annoying because he was he was just terrific. No, um, we've all got one of those. Yeah. Yeah. So just tailor your plan for different types of investors and what their what their key thing is so that you're hitting their desires. Uh, their benefits um, and, and don't just do a one size fits all because it probably won't fit all. So make sure you tailor it. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, okay. Next thing would be uh, market research and um, competitive analysis. Now, uh, market research, there is a thing out there you've got to be very careful of, and it's kind of known as the Chinese hat method. And the Chinese hat method um, goes along the lines of, well, we've got this new hat. We think it's going to be fantastic. And there are, you know, 7 billion people on the planet and 10% of them wear hats on a regular basis. Therefore, our market is, and then you come up with some, you know, ridiculous figure. Um, or 
another one I heard was about toothbrushes. You know, yeah, we've got this fantastic toothbrush. It's going to clean your teeth, you know, 20% more efficiently. And, you know, 3 billion people clean their teeth on a daily basis. 1 billion of them clean their teeth twice. Therefore, and then you extrapolate out the market. You've got to kind of take it another step further. Right? So don't don't fall into that trap. But you've got to sort of say, well, all right, 20, it, it can clean teeth 20% faster, better, more efficient. Who's going to want to do that? And it's not going to be everybody. There's only going to be a certain part of the market that's going to want to do that. But you have to give some figures in there. You have to sort of let people know what the size of the market is, but not necessarily that you're going to capture, you know, 2% of it or 5% of it, whatever it is. You're going to, you're going to um, base uh, the information on the sales you've made already. So if you turn around and say, well, you know, we, we, we had a limited budget on Google and we spent this and we got that. Therefore, if we can spend more, we'll get more. Um, I was talking to a guy literally yesterday who ha had told me about a friend of his who is brilliant with honey. Okay? He, he's been in the business for 20 years. He produces lots of honey. He's really good at it, all the rest of it. Um, his turnovers, you know, six six figure turnover. He's got sort of hundreds of hives all around the, all around the county that he's in but is struggling to reach the market. And this guy says, well, have you tried, you know, Google Google ads? And he'd never had. And on the, the, when they tried Google ads for the first time, he'd gone from having virtually zero sales on his website, because all of his, his sales were done direct to shops and various other things, but nothing from the website. He'd literally sold sort of two jars of honey in a year or something. And in the first week, he did two and a half thousand pounds in online sales by utilizing that one particular method. So his marketing was outdated. He hadn't brought himself up to date. He admitted that he, you know, yeah, he had a business plan years ago, but doesn't have it anymore. Um, and came up against this, well, what am I going to do? Unfortunately, the guy that was talking to him had done a business plan recently, and all of the information was to the forefront of his uh, thoughts about marketing. And uh, yeah, he said, um, you know, he was talking to the guy about about the 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 market landscape, customer demographics, all this, all of which was going over his head. But once he started to talk and say, "Well, who's your ideal customer?" Uh, he said, "Well, you know, people that buy honey. Yes, but who are they? Do you know anything about them?" And when he started to look into the places he sold the honey to, it, you know, he was surprised that the that the, there was a sort of niche within there that were ideal customers, the ones that paid him, they paid him on time, they, they made good orders. And now he's just from this week, he's now got other demographics to look at because now we can start to look and say, well, who's buying my stuff online? Where am I getting the biggest bang for my buck? And can I extrapolate that out? And he's totally fired up now. This is a guy who'd been doing it for years, lost all, you know, uh, lost all enthusiasm for it, but now is enthused again as a result of looking at his competitive analysis, market research, and sort of diving into it. So we will talk about the um, the business plan as a living document sort of later on. But um, yeah, don't underestimate the, the role of uh, market research and re-looking at your market, rejigging it, and uh, yeah, seeing if there's other parts of it that you can reach, Nigel. There you go. Good stuff. Um, next one, folks, financial figures, numbers, projections. Okay. We all want to be optimistic, but we've got to be realistic as well. 
uh, you've got to make sure you have a balance in there and say, okay, this is this is the best case scenario. This is probably, you know, 10% would be best case, 80% probably here, 10% worst case scenario, and put in some flexibility and some numbers in there to say, okay, is it going to hit the targets? Is it going to be on time? You know, what could be the downsides? What could be the upsides? Don't just paint a rosy picture because, as I say, this is the punch in the face when someone comes back to you and says, well, what happens if it takes six months longer, costs 10% more, and you sell only, you know, only 90% of what you're projecting? Where does that leave us? And you've got to be able to adapt to that. You've got to have some some variety in there that you know has these different scenarios in there. So be optimistic, yes, but be realistic as well especially when it comes to your budgets and your timescales, because anyone out there that's done one of these things knows that it always costs more and it always <laughs> takes longer. So <laughs> that's what everyone's looking for. So ain't just be aware of that. Yeah, ain't that the truth? Right. And um, I suppose finally for this short presentation part, the business plan as a living document. It is a, li yeah, a living document. It's not something that's to be sort of shoved in the drawer and forgotten about. You need to revisit it every now and again. So if you're listening to this and you haven't revisited your business plan, get it out, have a look at it, update it, um, because it, it will, there will be, I guarantee you, there will be things in there that prompt you, um, remind you, and uh, they'll, they're nearly always has a good outcome revisiting it nearly always has a good outcome um, yeah right i mean right yeah. think about it how many crises have we had in the world since you last did your business plan probably oh. about 30 <laughs> or forty thousand different crises have impacted on things everything's up in the air you know it's a cost of living crisis it's a bad hair day crisis it's a no hair day crisis you know whatever the hell it is everything's affected it your supplier costs you know, your customers don't want to pay as much. The interest rates have gone up. Inflation's there. Blah, de, blah, de, blah. For goodness sake, don't go in. And as you put it up on the presentation and it says, yeah, we want to borrow this at one and a half percent because it ain't <laughs> going to work, folks. So just make sure you've adapted it to what's going on in the world. So, yeah, some good, good stuff there just to kick it off. But, for you know, Ray, I always think, why not start it today? Don't wait till the 1st of January. And if you're listening to this on the 2nd of January, certainly don't wait till the next 1st of January. Get going. It doesn't matter. The first day is the first day. So, you know, do it. Don't wait for 1st of Jan. Yep. And uh, as usual, we've got templates, we've got things we can help. So if you're listening to this and you think, well, I'm driving and I can't take notes, it's all really good stuff. Um, then fire us an email, hello at htrmoney.co.uk, and we'll help you out there. Same for all the people that have contacted us about their challenges with banks and challenges with loans. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, yes, I've got a loan or I've got something and it's the interest rates have gone up and I'm now having challenges, you know, get in touch. Hello at htrmoney.co.uk, and we will be able to help. And on that bombshell, Nigel. Yeah. Just <laughs> what do you want me to say? Merry Christmas, Happy uh, Easter, no. Happy no. Summer Holidays, whenever you're listening to this or watching it. But yeah, uh, Ray, I think uh, I don't know if we'll get a squeeze another episode in to 2023, but um, yeah, interesting year. 
Bit of, gosh. We'll put that in, put that in the interesting column. Mm, yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Anyway, let's see what 2024 brings. But anyway, I've been Ray McLennan. I'm still Nigel T. Vest. See you later, folks. Thank you for listening to the How to Raise Money podcast. It's made for people who want to raise money as debt or investment equity for their business or property proposal or empire. The website has all the useful links and underlying research, and you can get downloads of the checklists and other useful information. See you next time, where we can show you how to raise money. There is abundance. There is money enough for everyone on the planet. The question is, who has yours?